This is a Colored Pencil Podcast, session number 99. Welcome to Sharpened Artist, a colored pencil podcast where we discuss in detail all things in and around colored pencils and the colored pencil artist. And now your hosts, Lisa Clow and John Middick. My name is John Middick, and I'm joined once again by my co-host, Lisa Clow of Lockery Fine Art. Lisa, how are you today? I am great. How are you? I'm super duper. So this is a show about colored pens. What's that? You didn't, I didn't do it finish. right. What didn't I do? You didn't say never better after. You were supposed oh, to do both. <laughs> You've been my, doing my, both my deepest You're apologies. me off. <laughs> I am never better as well. <laughs> All right. So this is the show about colored pencil where Lisa cannot stay focused. <laughs> So, Lisa, what are we talking about today? We are talking about who's on your side in your art business. Yeah, you know, I mean, it may sound glamorous to just kind of think of ourselves as sort of stowed away, maybe down in a basement or something, and and working on our artwork all alone. But that's just not how it's done in this day and age. And most successful artists have a whole team of people that yeah, are contributing to their success. And you may not think that you're fitting into that category, but I think by the time we're done talking about this, you'll kind of see our point here. Here are a few people that you'll want to have on your side when you start your art business. Number one, family and friends. These are people who understand the time that it takes to create the quality art that you're after. And so they're not going to get upset whenever you have to decline certain social events and because you're trying to meet your deadlines. Maybe you miss uh, family birthdays of your one-year-old and stuff like that. I'm kidding. But there are other things that you that you can miss and you can decide that you're not going to be a part of. You, know? um, you don't have to go play bridge or whatever it is. Those people usually get it as long as you've communicated to them that, hey, I'm working on this right now. Yeah, you may even be able to get them to help you out. I know for me, I have to do my Patreon postcards each month and it's a lot of postcards to stamp. My husband has gotten to the point where I don't think if I would have asked him in the beginning, he would have been much help. But Is he quite the now, stamper now? Huh? <laughs> is he quite the stamper now? He is. Um, <laughs> I put the labels on. He does the stamps. We'll usually watch something on Netflix while we there do this. We go. But he's gotten to where he's, you know, stuff like that. He's actually very helpful about. I was, you know, I went for years before asking, or a couple of years of doing these stamps before, well, maybe a year and a half, before I asked him to start helping. Turned out More he, like 11 he didn't months, complain. Right? <laughs> he had no problem with it. And I'm like, it didn't, why didn't it occur to me to ask him for help with this earlier? But they, yeah. they can help you yeah. more than just understanding, um, depending on what types of things that you need. Maybe you need to make a box to ship artwork in. Do you have a family member that can help you make right. those? Next would be models. Who is going to pose for you long enough for you to get that right reference shot? If you've ever used a live model, I know I've done this. I used to use people from my church would help me with this one. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I asked them for photos that I was going to use in artwork, most people get pretty excited to be a part of that. And of course, we're going to need to take a million photos. But these people, if you can find friends, find people through whatever things you do locally in your community and ask them, a lot of them will be very, very happy to help you with photos. Of course, you're going to have some people who aren't comfortable having photos taken. But for the most part, 
I can't even tell you how many times I've had friends who sat there and posed for me for 45 minutes just to get the right single shot. Yeah, and they don't, you know, maybe at the beginning understand that it's going to take that long and that uh, you may not get any shots right and you may have to go back and redo everything because something wasn't quite right or something like that. But you will find people that are willing to do that. And yeah, it's hard to find uh, models, but that's exactly right. Using some of the social circles that you're already running in, and church is a really good one because you've got a big body of people right there in the same spot. Maybe where you work, if you're still working a day job, maybe you've got a lot of people that would be willing to pose for you. But yeah, models, and I, I'm guessing maybe uh, people with animals too, You might if you're doing animal portraits. You can even go a step further with this. Do you know anyone who are, I mean, most of us, we have a large friends list on Facebook. Do you know anyone who is a photographer or an amateur photographer? Mm-hmm. Because I've worked with several photographers who will give me rights to use their work in my photos. They take the photo and let me choose, you know, all kind of crop it how I want, make adjustments as I want for the piece that I'm painting. But I've got several friends who I've made over the years who are photographers and have been totally fine with letting me use their work. Not everybody is going to be okay with that. But many, many photographers are, especially if you cross promote each other, where they promote your artwork, you know, to their on their Facebook page or to their friends and family, and you promote their photography services. So you can do a bit of an exchange there with if you've got any friends who are photographers, and you may not even realize that you have friends who are, throw a little fish hook out on Facebook and see if anyone bites that because you would be surprised how many people are involved in photography. Yeah, that's a good one. And beyond that, I mean, you don't even, the nice thing about it is they you don't have to live in the same state, city, or town because, you know, you're sharing these electronically. Now, there's a local photographer around here that I know one thing that she does, and I've been wanting to contact her, is she commissions some paintings that will be done from her photography as another little add-on service that she offers her clients when she's doing photo shoots. And I'm not sure how she works that out exactly, but with the artist, but I'm wanting to contact her and talk to her about that, about about getting, you know, um, setting up something with her, maybe an exchange even, but it's a really cool idea. That is cool. Okay, so next... There are fellow artists who are on the same journey, and they. here's a nice thing about fellow artists that you may uh, be friends with. They just get it. I mean, these are people that understand your passion just as much as you do. They understand your goals and your, and your aspirations and what you're wanting to do with your art. And so foster those relationships and always invest in those because if you have a fellow artist on your side, there's so many good things that can come out of that. One of the big things I think that comes out of that type of friendship is being able to have someone to spur you on, to get you motivated when you may be down about something, or to give you a critique when you trust that particular person, someone you can can turn to who understands and who gets it. Yeah, there. that's a really big deal. I know for me especially, everyone thinks that I need their opinion on my artwork being on YouTube. Um, I don't. I don't necessarily care about everyone's opinion on that. I'm not trying to make everyone happy. But I do have those artists who I really trust. Jason Morgan, Jaime Jimenez. Um, my husband actually is a great one. To, he catches the stuff that I miss where I'll look at stuff and go, I know this is off, but I can't pinpoint it. To have somebody that can come in and say, to notice things that you didn't necessarily notice. And yeah, I can post online and ask everyone's opinion, but you're going to get too many opinions there. I think it's not, it can be a 
little bit harder when you've got 50 people, 100 people trying to give you what they think is off about it. I think instead, it's better to have those handful of friends that mm-hmm. you truly trust the opinion of. You know that they know what your vision is. They understand what you're trying to accomplish. And they can notice things that you may not have noticed. Another thing that you can do is check to see if you've got any local art clubs because you can meet a lot of artists that way. And the great thing there is you're going to share information as far as is there an art show coming up that you might want to get involved in? Make friends through art clubs. That is a great, great source of encouragement and support for your career. Yeah, it is. And they usually have regular meetings. And so you can attend those and just get a little jolt, little pump there for you to keep you going. It's really fun. Yeah. Back um, when I used to do the art shows with local art, I'm similar to that. I was involved in some art clubs and I would get involved in these shows and I would do paintings specifically for those shows where I was like, okay, I have a deadline. I've got to have my painting done by here or then. And having those deadlines really helped me to produce more artwork. It, it kept me more on track. It was really, really helpful because that was before the internet where I had, well, I think internet was around. No one was using it. But that was back when you didn't have, I mean, now people expect me to have a painting done every week. Back then that wasn't the case. So it was just too easy for me to be like, eh, I'm not going to paint today. I don't need to get this done. I'm not on a deadline. So that really helped me. Just like some built-in accountability. And it's just yeah, nice. It's very it is. nice. You know, something else that's nice, Lisa, is having a library that's totally online and is huge, ginormous, like Audible. And if you would like to try out Audible, you can go over to audibletrial.com slash cppodcast, and we've got a special deal worked out for you there. And you can sign up for 30 days, get a book entirely free, any book of your choice, and you get to keep that um, for for life, uh, even if you cancel your account. And if you cancel your account on day 29, you'll never be charged, but you get to keep that book. And at any time that you want to uh, try another book and purchase another book, you're able to do that. You don't have to keep... Uh, your account active um, is what I'm getting at. And I think that's a really great feature that Audible has. But if you do have an account where you have a certain allotment of credits every month, like they set up for you, then you get a really special deal when you do that. And you can you can sometimes purchase like a book that would cost, I don't know, what are some of the high-priced books out there? Some of them would be 20 or $30. And if you use a yeah. credit or you buy a pack of credits, I'm constantly buying a pack of credits for about $35. So each book ends up costing about $11, yeah, which so it's really is kind good. of incredible. Yeah, it really is. So if you would like to try out Audible for 30 days, you can use our uh, special link there. We'll have it in the show notes. And you don't have to scramble around and write this down. Just head on over to the show notes and there we'll have the link set up there for you. Next would be local and online suppliers who keep you stocked with pencils, papers, erasers, all of the other tools you need to carry out your work. For me, online shopping is a big deal. I don't drive, so if I need to buy something and I need to save time. So online shopping, I am usually shopping at Dick Blick or Jerry's Artorama. You can get so many art supplies online at a great cost. And no, this is not an advertisement for them in any way. That just happens to be where I usually shop, but you can get them and save time. So I'm not spending a lot of time driving from art supplier to art supplier because one didn't have the pencil I need. I can go online quickly, see what I need and order it there. Yeah. And the nice thing about this is, and it works with online suppliers as well, but even physical locations in your area regionally, like I'll go to an art store that I frequent here quite often and I have a a good 
relationship with the regional manager and with the local manager at that store because I go to several different stores and and uh, do uh, some teaching at some of those stores and they will often just give me stuff. They'll just give me paper and supplies and they'll they'll say hand that out at your next workshop that you're doing if you want, you know, and they just give you stuff all the time because they know that, you know, you're attracting an audience and a, a crowd that is interested in art products and it's just a lot of fun. And just so you know, don't go to the bigger chain stores and ask for free supplies. That usually won't happen. I know Michaels, we I used to teach there and when we had leftover paper, supplies that would have been great to donate to schools. Michaels policy is to destroy everything so that it can't be reused. So Yeah, to, probably you know, a craft store you a, don't want to do that. <laughs> try a smaller mom and pop type shop. Um, those are going to be more willing usually to work with you when you get into these bigger chains. They have some I'm going to call them questionable uh, <laughs> policies on how they handle stuff. I know with Michaels, we actually, when I was teaching there originally, we used to donate to schools all the time. We'd have school teachers come in and pick up leftovers of stuff that we had done demonstrations of. So it was an open oh, product. Really we cool. can't sell it. Yeah, yeah. And then they got new management and not the individual store management. I mean, the big corporate management decided, nope, that all goes in the trash compactor. You cannot donate anything ever. So, and if you had something that was breakable, you had to break it before throwing it away because they didn't want anyone going. And I do understand not wanting people going through your dumpsters. I just don't understand why we weren't donating them still to um, schools. But yeah, I wouldn't waste your time going to those stores, but like the local stores, the smaller stores, definitely talk to them. Well, Plaza Art is the one I was talking about and they... They still do donate things, and uh, it's such a great store to work with. That's such a better way to go, too. I still mm-hmm. it seems so wasteful what a lot of, how a lot of companies handle their that is wasteful stuff. Yes, stand that. All right, so next on our list, technology experts and copywriters. Now, these are the people who can give your website just that extra bit of professionalism that that you need to attract the audience that you're looking for. And, uh, you know, I would say technology experts, whether you're using a self-hosted WordPress site or you're on some other CMS, there are times that you're still going to need to open up a support ticket and something like that. So those are people who are on your side. And, you know, depending on who you're using, you know, It'll depend on how much support you're going to be needing. But, you know, these are people who are rallied around you and helping to support your business. Now, copywriters, maybe you don't think about copywriters. I cannot say enough about my copywriter. She's amazing. So you may be thinking, well, what is a copywriter anyway? What do they even do? Do they, you know, help you with a a law copyright or something like that? You know, do they help you invent something uh, and protect it? No, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about if you write something, maybe a blog post, an email, or an article, or something like that, or part of your web copy, uh, then you can you can give it to a copywriter, and they can make it look like English. In my case, <laughs> uh, they can really clean it up and make it look just phenomenal. And a good copywriter that you want to look for is someone who also does like consulting. And they know business. They know they know how to they know how to write for email funnels and things like that. They know business inside and out. That's what that's what you want to look for is someone who can actually give you an ROI. So uh, they're worth their weight. I mean, they really, really are. If you're in a position where you 
are not ready to hire a copywriter. There are Mm -hmm. tons of free resources out there, articles, blog posts, talking about copywriting. You can learn to do it yourself. It is, if if you've got the time, these are good things to learn how to do. But look up copywriter, and it's not copyright as in copyright, it's copywriter, um, C-O-P-Y-W-R-I-T-E-R. So different type of copyright. But if you look that up, you can learn how to do a lot of this. Um, Obviously, it's going to be great if you can hire someone else to do it. If you're not in that position, you can learn to do this. Yeah, you don't have to hire someone and keep them on retainer or something like that and just keep them all the time on the payroll. You can do it for a one-off. I mean, how often do you update your website? You know, you don't have to do it every month. And so you can do it for these one-off projects like Lisa's alluding to here and just, you know, get it passed by somebody. And, you know, you can you can decide on a price range ahead of time. So this this is something that I would really encourage you to look into if you've not ever done this in the past. Next on our list are instructors and mentors who will give you direction and help you to really hone your skills as you grow. I've got several that I've looked up to over the years, and it kind of goes mm-hmm. back to having the family, you know, somebody that you can ask advice to. But these are people who are going to be just priceless. Find art, and for me, it's other artists whose work I completely admire and hope to get to their their level. If I can go to one of them and say, "What's something's off here? What is it?" and have that person really help you and kind of guide you along the way. And while yeah, these aren't technically instructors or mentors, it's the same concept. Somebody that you can look up to. You may have an instructor local to you that's teaching at a local art supply store that you can ask questions of. Sometimes if you get to the point where you just kind of feel lost, you're having a hard time growing, you don't know where to go, finding an instructor may be the thing you need if you can find somebody whose work you admire. And I do want to throw that out there. Don't think, I know of people who have gone looking for teachers. Not all teachers are created equally and not all of them are going to be able to help you. Make sure you check and look at what their artwork looks like. If their artwork is not something that you're hoping to achieve on your own, they're probably not going to be able to teach you what you're hoping to to learn. But if you find somebody who you look at their work and think, wow, I want to be able to do that. These people can help guide you so much, even if it's just motivation of you taking your work to them and going, I think it's done and having them go, no, it's not done. Keep working on it. Keep layering. That alone is just priceless advice. Yeah, it is. No, and I really love that because the the other thing about that is that you're 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 only I I really feel like you're only going to improve and develop as much as you put into yourself. And so if you're done, you know, if you're done improving, if you're done learning, then you're probably not going to get any better and you're probably not going to grow all that much. But if you're still looking around and learning, then you're going to continue to grow. And for me personally, there's just something satisfying about always learning, always improving, always trying to hone my skills and always trying to level up. And one thing that I try to do, Lisa, you probably do this as well if there isn't a medium that you're working in, but I like to look outside of the colored pencil mediums and not just look at colored pencil instruction books. Look at the oil painters and see what they do, see how they handle color, see what they, you know, what kind of things that that they teach in their books and in their programs. And we can learn a lot from looking at other mediums and seeing how they handle uh, their, their own medium. Yeah, you definitely don't need to limit yourself to the medium that you're working in. 
And I mean, realistically, with colored pencil, we're good at imitating pretty much every right. other type of medium. Yeah. So we can make ours look like anything else that you see, with yeah, the exact. exception of maybe some of the looser watercolor type styles. Well, even that could probably still be done. It Probably. But yeah, but we're trying to, you know, adopt these techniques and not even just the techniques, but the mindset and the approach that people take in other mediums and apply that to colored pencil because it is such a new medium. All right. So next are business consultants or mastermind groups. Now, these are people that may be in a similar business to yours. But what you're doing is you're assembling this these team, this team of advisors that can support you and you're supporting them as well. And these are all handled slightly in their own certain way. I mean, you can set these up. They'll all have certain flavor to them. So you can set one up a particular way. And maybe you're part of a different one who has a different type of approach to how you handle the monthly calls or weekly calls, depending on how often you meet. But there's no rules on this, but you just assemble a group and then you set up the rules and you decide on how you're going to do it. But, you know, what I do is in a mastermind that I'm a part of, it's really incredible. But what happens is you talk about your wins and you talk about your current problems and what you're planning for the future. And then you kind of just you know, open yourself up and you become very vulnerable to someone who cares and has a uh, an interest in helping you grow in your business. And then you're doing the same for them. Some people, they do like a, a round robin kind of deal on a call where they have a hot seat and somebody explains, you know, that month, you know, it's their, their turn to talk about their business and where they're failing or where they've got weaknesses. And then you can, you know, offer advice and, and help in that regard. But yeah, I mean, this this is something that I think is often overlooked, but people do it in business. If you're an artist, you've got a business, and you can do this as well. All right, so just to change things up just a little bit, right, Lisa? We, we discussed this, and we decided that we're going to end – we're going to try to end each show with a little bit of a colored pencil tip. We get a lot of questions and a lot of uh, inquiries about different – things regarding colored pencil and we did the month-long Q&A but it really just doesn't cover everything and we have this constant flood of questions coming in so I think this will be a nice addition to the show what do you think Lisa? I love it so today the tip that I want to share with you guys is when using powder blender working on sanded paper one of the most common things that I see people struggle with is getting their backgrounds to be as dark as they want they'll put down the layer of pencil they blend with the powder blender and think oh my gosh, this is so light. So they'll put more pencil down and they'll blend with powder blender. This is still too light. Put more pencil down, blend with powder blender, and then start realizing I'm knocking more pencil off this paper than I am blending into it. It's not getting darker. So what's the problem? You're not using the texture fixative spray. That texture fixative is what's going to seal down one layer. Then you're going to now let it dry completely, add more colored pencil on top, blend that out with your powder blender, then spray it again with the texture fixative. So I had recently finished a piece of colored pencil and clownfish, and my background was nearly black. I needed it to be super, super dark. And this was something that I was found to be a bit of a challenge the first few times I worked with powder blender. I wasn't using, I wasn't taking advantage of that texture fixative spray enough. You want to spray that in between layers. Not only is it going to add more tooth to your paper, so that will allow, allow you to keep adding layers, it'll sort of seal down the free, previous 
previous layer. So this basically allows you to, to do what in painting we call glazing, where you're glazing one color and then glazing another. You're adding more depth to your work because you've got so many layers on there. I started using that recently. I, I know what you're talking about. And I know what the, the uh, question is uh, referring to as well, because you're right. It, it does feel like you're just knocking everything back off. Yeah, as long as you spray that texture fixative, yeah. though, that solves the problem. That was the problem I had. Is right. that, And I had the, the in my head that when you spray that texture fixative, that it's similar to like a spray varnish or any other kind of fixative. You want to use it outdoors because it's going to stink up your entire house and probably not be so healthy to breathe in. It takes forever to dissipate. That's not the case with this spray. And it took me a while before I realized that it is non-toxic. You can spray it indoors. When you spray it, it dissipates almost instantly. It doesn't hang around in the air. You're not going to keep breathing it in. I will usually throw a rag over my mouth and nose so that I'm not inhaling that initial spray. But you just spray it quickly. And then within a few seconds, it is completely gone. And you're, you want to let it dry for several minutes before you go on to your next layer. And then you just continuously repeat that process until you get your colors to be as dark as you want. So it's it can. You can blend with this and get super, super dark. And that was something that I know when I first started working with this, I misunderstood. I didn't understand how often you should be using that texture fixative. That stuff is awesome. So you definitely want to take advantage of it if you are using the powder blender. All right. That's a great tip, Lisa. And we will have links to everywhere you can pick up the powder blender and the entire kit in the show notes. So don't worry again about taking notes. We do all that for you. All right. So, yeah, to wrap up here, I mean, some artists, you know, they may prefer to do all of this alone. And you can do a lot of these things, many of these things that we mentioned, all by yourself. But I really think there's some wisdom in just focusing on your strengths and then leveraging your weaknesses by enlisting the help of other people and foster good relationships and keep those relationships for as long as, as you can. All right, maybe you have someone on your side that Lisa and I did not mention in the show today. We'd love for you to tell us about it. You can reach us at podcast at sharpenedartist.com. You can always look us up in the Color Pencil Podcast group on Facebook. And we're at Lockery and at Sharpened Artist on Twitter. And we will talk to you guys again next week. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. All the show notes can be found at www.sharpenedartist.com. Photography. Wow, I can't talk. Photography. Be our guest. Be our guest. And I don't know the rest of the words. <laughs> to kind of... Uh, hold on. <laughs> <laughs> awkward, awkward, awkward.